All right, let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Sitanam Om Namo Ayadiyanam Om Namo Ujjayanam Namo Luesa Vasanghunam Eso Panchanamo Karo Salva Pava Panasano Mangalalanchala Savesim Paramam Hare Mangalam Paramam Hare Mangalam Let's start with your observation from the challenge two weeks ago. I challenged everybody to perform an act of training your monkey mind. Um, did anybody perform the challenge of training your monkey mind? Did anyone recognize that they have a monkey mind? That obviously is the first step, is to recognize that you have one. I recognize I have one. Let's start there. And I tr I've tried to train, I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's right. But I've focused on trying to train it, but uh, have been unsuccessful of doing it daily. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> sure, that absolutely makes sense. And how did you recognize you had one? Well, <clears throat> every time I sit in the car to come home, that was my time to kind of focus on that. And um, I don't know, it's also my time to like de-stress before I get home. So I don't take what I'm doing at work from my home and then take it out on someone that's like, asking me something, you know, uh, so I noticed, uh, well, obviously, you know, I was focused for that. I have an 11 minute car ride or 15 minute car ride home. And that's what I focused on, you know, for that. Um, but I, I felt like as I focused on it, I came up with more and more logical ways of fixing a problem, you know, like, a like a mathematical problem. I don't know. My mind just works that way that, Hey, what's the root cause? Let's fix that. Right. You know, yeah. Um, but I think all in all, I, I don't know how to convert that on a daily basis. I don't right. And so that's great. And so you do it by practicing, right? And so the more you practice, the better you'll get. And the ultimate goal is to, as we've talked about numerous times, is to realize, be in this constant state of awareness of your mind throughout your life, throughout every moment. And that sounds like a lot of hard work and it's hard at first, but it becomes a second nature as you do it. And it's, um, it's like the curve is like this, right? So it's hard at first and then gets easier and easier and easier. And then you just do it without even thinking about it. That is, you're constantly aware of your thoughts throughout your day. Did anybody else have any experience with recognizing or training their monkey mind? So let me share what, what I experienced. Uh, so first couple of days, it was pretty straightforward. Like we exercised in the class, we did the same thing. I did it during the lunchtime, during the, during the morning drive or afternoon drive. But what it, it, it kind of get into is like, okay, is this the same thing we are doing it when we say, you know, multitasking is a myth. You need to kind of focus on one thing and stay focused on that and stay with it until it's completed. 
So I think it kind of gets into that, say, can I clear my mind for everything else other than just one thing that I want to focus and I stay focused for the remaining duration until I complete. So it kind of, uh, that, that, that thought keeps coming, uh, you know, I'm not thought, but that's, that's how I experience uh, that. Yes, when I say something, I want to do this, I stayed full focus and did it for five minutes, 10 minutes. But at the same time, like, isn't that the same thing as you know, not doing multitasking and doing one task? No, it's different because just like you realize multitasking is not a real thing, focus is also not a real thing. What I mean by that is you have your awareness and you have your thoughts. So what we're trying to do is be aware, focus on our awareness, not on thinking our thoughts, but on noticing them and letting them go. Right. So when you say you focus on one idea, let's say at work, you're kind of fooling yourself because you have these five thoughts. Let's say three of them are about work. What you're doing is you're moving your awareness to thinking thoughts one, thoughts three and thoughts five. And you're trying to not move your awareness into thinking thought two and thought four. So what we're trying to do is it's focus on training your monkey mind is the wrong word because focus is not real. You want your awareness to be open and expansive and you want to try to see where thoughts originate from because we all think that we originate thoughts and we know that that's not true. They are originated by our subconscious. And I know you're going to tell me, Timir, that's wrong. I can focus at work because I see a problem and I focus on the problem and I go from step A to step B to step C and I solve the problem. But what you're doing is you're just focusing your awareness on thinking several different disjointed thoughts and you're trying to focus, you're trying to focus your awareness on ignoring the others. And that's what you call focus. So not only is multitasking a myth, this focus is a myth as well. So while you're doing that exercise, let's say you, you are supposed to be aware of uh, who you are and you're supposed to be have that awareness constant while you focus on not not focus on a thought. Is that what you're saying? Because That's right. You you don't focus on thinking your thoughts because your thoughts occur independently of your awareness. You focus on that transition of a thought occurs, it comes up, you don't do anything about it, you just notice it's there, and then it goes somewhere else. That's what your awareness, that's what you, I guess focus is the wrong word, that's what you try to be aware of. No, I, I get the gist of it, uh, surely. Um, you, can, you can sense that at times, but sometimes, for most of the time actually, it gets... You still have to focus on something, um, even to be aware of, you, you need to have some sort of a focus that I'm aware of my awareness or something. And that's why we say concentrate on the breath, because it's a shortcut. Because when you concentrate on the breath, you push all other thoughts and sensations kind of in the background. 
and then you can see them from a distance. That's why it's a shortcut when we say, oh, focus your awareness on your breath, because then it's easy to see your thoughts moving across your mind like a screen. So how is it different to focus on one problem? Just like, not a problem, maybe focus on something that is not your thought. That's what we are saying. Focus on the, in the car, focus on the traffic, focus on reading a newspaper while you can ignore all your thoughts. Isn't it the same then? No. So if I take your example of focusing on a newspaper, well, you are paying attention, you're focusing on one, let's call it a train of thought, which we don't want to do. We don't want to get caught up in thinking because thinking is produced by the brain, which is not part of the soul. And thinking is produced by the body, not the soul. So besides focusing on a, or concentrating on a breath, is there any other example we can try? That does not give you your mind wandering everywhere else. Yes. For example, when we do meditation about concentrating on a sound, usually that sound is the ringing of a bell. And so what happens in these uh, monasteries in Asia is there's one person whose job it is to ring the bell every 10 minutes or no, I guess every two minutes. And what we focus on is we focus on the impact We focus on the sound, we focus on the reverberations, and we focus on it dying out. And that is another way to focus on something that's not your breath, that allows you to, uh, that allows your thoughts to come and go and you to monitor them. Okay, we'll try that. Anybody else recognize that they have a monkey mind or attempted to train it? two weeks ago. Okay, so let's move to last week's challenge, which was to make connections between your actions and events that happened to you. Did anybody try that? And did anybody, was anybody successful or not successful? Well, Timir, you had given us an assignment, so I did go back and read this chapter number 17 on Bund. Yes. And and, and tried to make some connection. Uh, and, and there were two things we talked about. One is the normal connection part, as in if something uh, from karma perspective, uh, if you have done something and then uh, how you connect the outcome or, or results throughout the week. So, so that was one part. And second was, I think the discussion was around um, whether the, this chapter or the uh, number 17 would give insight around uh, one of your examples that you had shared right. uh, last week from the insect. The first one, I, was, I would say I was a little bit successful because I was being more conscious around uh, things happening and then I'm trying to relate as in 
So I would say little successful, uh, probably I need to focus more and, and try and connect more. Uh, the second aspect, when I was going through the book, uh, obviously it helped me because uh, I was given this assignment and, and I wanted to truly give it a shot. Uh, so that's a big difference for me because I opened the book throughout the week, which doesn't happen for me that easily. But but I, I don't think I can say that uh, I was able to close the 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 loop on uh, on that discussion where we said that uh, in the example that you gave where the insect uh, went down the drain and then second part was you felt that with with certain things that happened you completely uh, you know squared off basically uh, the the karma that you had uh, unknowingly done uh, earlier that day so I, I tried to read it different way. I, I, like I said last time, I'm still in a very premature phase, I would say, of learning these things. So hence was not able to connect everything, connect all the dots for what you were saying uh, last week. So probably I need to dig a little deeper. Well, guess what? That was an unqualified win for you. How did it feel opening the book during the week? Yeah, I, I think uh, it was good. Uh, in a sense, like I said, I, I never did that in the past. And this time I really wanted to do that because of the discussion we had. So went through, I think it's about 20, 22 pages for that particular chapter. And then, of course, I came across words which uh, I had to refer to other chapters to understand what those mean. So uh, I, I, if I look at it positively, that was my uh, first step towards spending some good time learning things and not just uh, show up on Sunday uh, to these classes uh, completely unprepared. So uh, that was a step change for me. Well, now I need to continue with that. Right. Congratulations, Koshik. Guess what? That was the hardest part. That Now you know why I say just open the book anywhere and start reading because that will lead you to other portions of the book just like you described. That was the hardest part. And you should congratulate yourself on taking the very first step, which is the most incredibly hardest. It will be so much easier for you to open the book during the week now. Yeah, yeah. I think after you telling us for probably more than a year, finally, <laughs> I did something. So, yeah, I'm happy now. I just need to continue to do that, right? So that way, I'm spending some time. You're happy, I'm happy, and we should be happy. Yeah. Barish, did you manage to open the book in in light of your homework assignment? Uh, yes, I did too. That's and, great. Uh, <laughs> like Koshik, uh, I have to confess, you know, it, it's it's uh, I haven't uh, done that before, and uh, so I did spend uh, I did spend time on the issue that we discussed last week. And I, I, I actually read chapter 20th. I, I don't know, uh, the, you know, that was kind of the title karma. So I just went there, but, uh, you know, I mean, whether I was looking in the right space or not, at least, uh, I tried to, uh, look into the, uh, issue that we were discussing and, um, uh, so that's you know I'm I'm really I'm really glad and I thank you for pushing us to do that. But on the second part where we were actually trying to figure the one is to one relationship, right? 
remember the balance sheet uh, thing. I got to tell you, um, I could not find that that explicit one-to-one explanation, at least there in that chapter. Maybe I missed it. Uh, so I looked online, actually. I just, you know, went online. I looked up. And uh, I just want to say that was another good experience because it took me into different areas, okay? And uh, I was on Wikipedia, and it took me to the, you know, the different religions in China, and I found out there were five that are state state sanctioned and all that. We can get to that later. But um, the material, at least that I read, again they they make the connection that the karma uh, and you know uh, uh, there is no one to one relationship. They said you are you know you will be bearing the consequences in this life or next life. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the issue uh, stands where it was last last week. And uh, we'll just have to, uh, you know, hear what your take is on that. Sure. And I want to congratulate you as well. That is the hardest part. You have just taken the hardest step that you did this on your own time. And that deserves plenty of congratulations. And you should feel great about it. It's going to be easier for you to do it more. And when you say, oh, I have this other question about Jainism, well, maybe you don't have to bring it up in dad's class. Now that it's now that you've opened the book once, it's going to be easier for you to open the book again and try to find the answer to that question. You should feel incredibly proud and incredibly happy because that is the hardest thing. And I, I'm not saying, you know, I'm saying that right there with you. You know why I do this every week? So I have a reason to open the book because I never opened the book during the week either. So that's why I do this is to make me open the book because I have this all this pressure from you guys, right? I mean, pressure on myself. You guys don't pressure me, but I'm like, I have to prepare for class. I need to open the book. So it's great for me. So that's the, now you know why I do this every week is uh, strictly for myself. But I am very happy for both of you and we should celebrate this great step. I did look into that, and I would like to share with you my evidence for believing um, in that one-to-one correspondence. So we are in chapter 17 of the book called Band, and just quickly, here are the eight types of karma, right? Uh, Knowledge obscuring, perception obscuring, feeling pertaining, this one's called something different each time in English. Um, deluding karma, age determining, physique determining, status determining, and obstructing karma. Just very quickly, there are eight types of karma. Uh, also, even more quickly, that is, uh, there's actually, there's just eight categories, all right? There's not eight types. That means, let's see, and we're going, we're going to go into specific sentences here. That is, These are broadly divided into eight species of karma for the sake of categorization. Though the nature of karma bondage is of innumerable types as the activities are of innumerable kinds. All right. So now remember, these are eight categories of karma, not eight types of karma. All right. 
So now, if we go to the top, here is the answer we're looking for. That is, when you perform an action, there are four aspects of how bond occurs. And here's where I think the answer is. Nature. Which of the eight types of karma will be bounded? That is, when you perform an action, which of which karma are you going to get? Okay. Another one that's interesting for us is how long will the karma stay with the soul? That's very interesting for us because that will prove or disprove my assertions last week, right? So the other two, just to, for completeness, the other two aspects are, well, once we figured out the type, how many of that type will be attached to the soul? And then finally, intensity. When that karma is ready to produce, how intense will the result of that karma be? That is, this is what we say, when it comes to fruition, what is going to happen? Okay, so these are the four aspects of bondage. Nature, quantity, duration, and intensity. So now let's look at duration. Um, let's see where it is. Ah, it's here. Stitibund. Okay. So we know that um, the duration means the time between bonding to your soul and giving fruit. And the duration is dependent on the intensity. But here's the key sentence. This duration may be as high as millions of years and may be as low for a fraction of the second for which period the particular karma will remain active. So now we see that my assertion is supported by the book. That is, I could have done something in the morning and suffered the consequences for that as soon as milliseconds later or as soon as millions of years later. So the fact that I suffered it that day is supported by the book. And the fact that a particular type of karma attaches to your soul, bonds, and then bears fruit, that's supportive of my assertion that there's a one-to-one -one occurrence, right? There is a karmic particle that attaches to your soul, and when it come, when it bears fruit, you suffer the consequences of that. And when we say suffer, that's, of course, good or bad, right? So I believe that the book supports my assertion that there is a one-to-one -one correspondence between a piece of karma attaching to your soul and when it bears fruit, something happens to you. Does anybody not agree or have questions or comments about that? Well, it does also say it could be millions and millions of years uh, later, right? That's right. That's right. So, uh, how, would you, how would you explain that part? So, I would explain it by the clarity of, uh, I, I think I explained it last time in that I was certain that these events were connected for three reasons. And uh, I forget the three reasons now I don't I wrote them down I don't have them now uh, let me think if I can remember why they were connected there is a clarity that occurs when these events happen 
And you might say, oh, well, that's confirmation bias or, you know, you're just seeing things that are not there. And if it happened once to you, I would agree. If the first time it happened, I thought maybe, well, that's just me associating things that don't need to be associated with together. But when it happens multiple times, as you get in the practice of thinking about these connections that happen to you, there is kind of, I ex- you know that feeling you get, which is like a relief when you understand something. Let's say you're a student and you're working through it and it we call it clicking, right? It doesn't click for you. You don't get it. You don't get what you're working on. And then you kind of work through problems and you read the book and all of a sudden it it, it doesn't happen over time. It, ha- it feels like it happens instantly. Like, oh, I get it now. And things start falling into place. Different examples that the professor said, perhaps things that you got wrong, you understand immediately why you got wrong. It clicks for you and you just get it. And that's exactly what happens when these realizations happen. And you know that it's the connections are real because it's not the first time you've experienced it. It's if the five or fifth or sixth time you've experienced it, that means that there is something there. Well, so I think uh, this 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 comment around uh, whether uh, it will come back in a uh, in a second or a million years, yeah, I think that's fair. It can happen anytime. Uh, and I believe I that because I had very little intensity of passion during the time I killed the insect, right? Fair I had very little, right? So it's supportive of what the book says that the fruits of that action could have happened that day. Correct. And so, so I think that's, I, I, I guess I can believe that the second aspect is, uh, you know, you feeling that way because you have been experiencing that. So I think that's fair as well, because uh, you feel like you have seen these connections in past. And I think that's fine. I think where I struggled last time is one to one, where uh, where the comment was made around by suffering through your ankle injury and the expenses that you had to uh, go through, uh, different things, right? In terms of money, time, and and the hardship. If if that squares of one to one is something that I I was not able to relate to. So, but 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 other two things, yes, that's uh, I I guess that's 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 understandable, or I I can believe in, but where I fail to kind of connect the dots is uh, how do we know if the value of that insect's life uh, is equal to the hardship that you went through in terms of ankle injury plus, let's say, $1,000 on your other expenses. How how do we know that that relates one-on-one? I think that's something. And, and like I said last time, uh, you know, we all are on a journey, right? From where we are towards the final goal. And, and I'm really back behind on that journey, much behind than you are, Timir. So, so probably 
with time i will be able to make some connections uh, more better in a better way so uh, probably i need to spend more time opening these books and learning and and yeah, you know thinking about these things and maybe that could make sense to me later on sure so two responses to your very astute observations now i think i understand your question better how do we know that it's a one to one correspondence we know because that we we know that that is the way karma works and we know that because that is what the enlightened souls have told us happened and i know that because my experience in reality backs that up so that is how that is why we know there's a one to one correspondence there i think your question was not about me your question was about karma theory very in the abstract like well how do we know that bond occurs or that's more like a question like well how do we even know that bond occurs or karma exists well we know it because mavir swami told us that's the reason because he was an enlightened being and he told us and most importantly we didn't take that on faith we prove it to ourselves throughout our lives and the second response is obviously it is much harder to believe when it you think about a scenario involving someone else nobody believes it until it happens to you i think maybe the best analogy is you know you grow up and you're constantly bombarded almost like propaganda about images and thoughts and feelings and songs and movies about love and you constantly are like yeah oh yeah i love you know the princess kisses the prince at the end of the movie or the the mother sacrifices herself to save the child you know or you know things about love but nobody believes it until it happens to them and then you feel oh i understand what all these songs on the radio means or oh i understand what that person is going through you know nobody believes it until it happens to you so it's no wonder that you're skeptical it's no wonder uh that is why i have that is why i encouraged you guys to do this challenge is because i know nobody will believe it until it happens to them and then it will crystallize and then it will clarify and then it will strengthen your faith that uh jainism is true and jainism describes reality accurately there are a couple of things i do want to share with the group um the three karmas that you know we i i have kind of not put to the put in practice but at least to have a discussion with kids so let's say you have two kids we are teaching both kids at the same time same thing one gets it one doesn't right we you know growing up in india you know we were given you know very very strong lecture about how do you respect the literature you never put your feet on never you know disrespect these things over here that sometimes you don't see that you know people leave the bags on the floor people leave that there are sir you know we see a lot of those things so when i tell kids like you sometimes you don't get certain things is because of the knowledge obscuring karma your gnanvarnya karma is the one that say you you need to start respecting even more whatever you're doing find a way where you are disrespecting and see if it you get it i mean i don't have proof that that works or not but that is a discussion that happened the second one is that um the um 
the darshaniya. So the it's like I tell them it's like a curtain. So it is there right behind the curtain. You just don't get it because of that. Whatever your karma is at the back, uh, whatever we have faced, that darshaniya karma will actually obscure your vision to see the things right beyond uh, what, what exists. Just because you can't see doesn't mean it does not exist. So that's the second one. And the third third one is the antaraya karma that we talk sometimes. And in fact, that discussion I had with my dad too, day before yesterday, is about he's, he's trying to get certain documents and one thing after another one, he just doesn't get the document in India. It's been six and a half months, one thing after another one, you know. Finally, the document was ready, but the office shut down because of the COVID, you know. So I keep telling you, don't sweat on it because until that karma is done, you are not going to get it. That's an antaraya karma that the antar comes, you know, the distance comes. So other other four, five, I think it's kind of Ayushya and um, uh, what was that? The Nam and the Gotra and I think Mohaniya and feeling. So those things probably would be less of the things that you would be able to control with it. Um, it is what it is, your Ayushya karma, your, your, where you are born and what you do, it's your Nam karma that is beyond you beyond your control in a way, maybe it will help you for the next one. But, but those are the three things I do talk uh, at home and I did talk to my folks quite a bit because I can, I can see and I can relate that, um, that can be done, you know, uh, fairly easily if you are aware of. Yes, Parish, you had your hand raised. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, want to, uh, Couple of things. Uh, one is, look, uh, even though I'm, you know, I kind of, uh, wanted, uh, more explanation from you regarding the one is to one, uh, relationship, just like Koshik. I, I, you know, I just want to make clear. I, I, uh, you know, I, the whole, the, the concept of karma is in my, I, I, I I'm a believer of that. Okay, so it's not an issue of it's not an issue of me about whether I whether I believe in the karma theory. I do. It's it's just the relationship that uh, we were trying to ascertain. You know, this action to this karma or that action to that karma, and that's where I just thought maybe I you know if I can find more more uh, material understanding, it would help. So that's why, you know, I, I kind of was, uh, was, uh, asking for more questions from you, but I, I do want to share this, Tim. And you, you know, you, you, you told us, uh, or you suggested that we look for those connections last week, you know, consciously look for those connections. And, um, I did try to do that and, um, uh, unfortunately, I found it to be a little um, um, uh, you know uh, if I found it very difficult okay I, I, my mind just was consciously looking for things actually. It wasn't like we I was trying you know if something happened, then I would try to you know maybe look for the consequence or. I, you know, every action I do, I was like, oh, 
where is the what is going to be the consequence for this or oh, what is going to be the consequence for good or bad you know oh, i did a good thing maybe i should look for a good uh, you know good suffering and it became a little um, I, you know i i found myself being hostage to that at at, a, at one point and i said this is not really how you know i i i, I think we should be looking at this uh uh you know this is not an exercise to to balance the book or again you know going back to that concept of you know what 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 the gratification would be or what the consequence be so i just want to share that and i just stopped doing it i said you know what my belief in karma is there i i'll just stay with that you know if it's a bad consequence i'll just say yeah it, some karma that bad karma i did is what i i'm i'm dealing with right now or, or, or conversely if there's good things i you know there was a good karma i did so i just wanted to share that on the first part i i i missed it not but not to take away from what you were trying to do and i i appreciate that because you know if we can associate a certain bad action maybe we, our our actions will be better off so i i appreciate that just wanted to share that. That's a very astute couple of points. And believe it or not, the two points are related. That is, we all have a certain level of unbelief. And we know that because we haven't taken diksha yet. That is, we all have a certain level of unbelief because we have not walked away from our families. We have not walked away from our homes to concentrate on removing as much karma from our soul while we are in human form as possible. So the reason that I would like for you to do these exercises is to strengthen your belief. Belief is not binary. Belief is on a spectrum. It's not I believe or I do not believe. We all have some level of unbelief, including me, because I'm not sitting here in monk's clothes and I didn't pull out my hair and I'm not covering my mouth when I speak. The people that do that have more belief because their actions comport with their beliefs. My actions also comport with my beliefs. And that's why you can see that I have some level of unbelief. And the reason that it's connected to your second point is that it is difficult to find these connections. And we're not going to do that in one sitting. I've found five of these connections thinking about it for over 20 years, right? So, uh, and that brings us a little bit to the nuts and bolts of how do we sit down and think about these connections. What I would do is I would think about the kind of the most pleasure or suffering that you've had that was out of your control, that seemingly happened over circumstances you had no control over, as I described last week. In that, in that fruit of karma, you will find the easiest chance to make a connection because that was simply the karma expressed itself and that, hap that thing happened to you despite whatever you were doing at the time. So I would first focus on those. Maybe you have five or six events that happen in your life and then start focusing on the medium events and then start smoke focusing on the small ones. I certainly agree with you that, well, what kind of way to live is that? 
You felt like you were taken hostage with this exercise. Like, who lives like that? Like, if I had lived like that, I would be not doing any living and I would be doing, you know, just examining myself, ex- second guessing all my actions every day. But that's exactly what I want you to do. That's exactly what mindfulness is. That's exactly what you should be doing. You should be thinking about each action that you perform all the time and wondering what karma will it give you because that's how you change your life. Um, so speaking of your comment and Bavin's comment before that, um, what will help us bring this into our lives is a chart at the very end of the chapter. And this will, this is an amazing chart and it will help us decide what to do and what actions we should take. So if we go to the end of the chapter, let's see if I can find it. There's quite a bit. I don't know why all this stuff is in bun and not in karma. I have issues with the book. This is it. <clears throat> this is a table and it goes over the eight uh, karma. As you can see, it's one through eight on the left. And uh, let's see, I think somebody is trying to get in. Yes, Nick is trying to get back in. Okay, welcome back. This is the table. We have our eight karmas on these rows. This tells us, well, what is the quality of our soul that this karma obstructs? So uh, we have a little time, so let's go through one or two of these. So just an example. One of the qualities of our soul is perfect knowledge. That is, our soul is all-knowing. Well, what karma covers, what karma obscures that quality? Well, it's knowledge obscuring karma. It's nanavarnia karma, right? What are the effects of that karma? This is what Bhavan was talking about. Ignorance, inability to understand things, stammering, forgetfulness. This is what happens when you have nanavarnia karma. People who have too much inability to understand or too much forgetfulness have more nanavarnia karma than those who do not. So moving on to the next column, what are the causes? What causes nanavarnia karma to bind to your soul? Well, condemning the knowledge of scholars, not respecting the instruments of knowledge such as books, finding fault with educated people, having contempt for studying, or making fun of people who can't get these things easily. This is what will cause the Nanavarnia karma to bind to your soul. Well, and this is the second most important column. The most important column is, how do I get rid of Nanavarnia karma? Well, I respect and worship the right knowledge, the people with the right knowledge, the books with the right knowledge, and I make a sincere effort in learning and spreading that knowledge. This is how you will take this out of the classroom and into your life, this last column. This tells you what to do. Let's ignore everything to the left. Let's just look at the right. What should I be doing? We talked about Nanavarnia karma. I should be respecting and worshiping the right knowledge. I should make a sincere effort to learn. What else should I be doing? <clears throat> Same thing, except it applies to ordinary knowledge. What else should I be doing? I should have faith in the Arihant, have faith in the religion. Have faith that what the book is telling me is true. I should be observing good role, rules of conduct. I should be controlling my four passions. Let's just even ignore the karma. Let's just talk about 
Demir, I want to just know, just tell me what to do. I'm telling you what to do. You should live a life of service. You should live a life of contentment. You should give donations. You should help people in need. You should stay away from violence. You should give happiness and peace to others. You should have a friendly attitude toward others. You should lead a noble and pure and simple life. You should have a devotion for true religion. You should have faith and devotion to the Jain Sung. You should consider all souls as equal. You should be free from pride. You should be polite. That's great. I like that. I like how this is just telling me what to do if I'm just focusing on this right column. You should not be jealous. You should keep a pure and virtuous heart. You should not have a deep attachment for worldly things. And we just went through all the karma right there. Questions or comments on uh, what we just talked about? Jane um, approach differ from that? Like, would is is hard at least in our society and culture to to, to disagree with it? Or I I would suspect if we study any other uh, religion or any other faith or uh, a teaching, they would. Gonna align, align to these, uh, align to these, uh, uh, I guess principles and, and behaviors, even if maybe they're called uh, something different or use a different vocabulary. Sure. Can I answer the question behind your question? Belief is not required. Belief in Jainism is not required. Belief in these concepts is required. You can go to moksha without ever having heard of Jainism at all. You don't have to be Jain to go to Moksha because all Jainism is, is describing reality. Now, let me tell you, it's a lot easier if you believe in Jainism, just like it's a lot easier if you have an accurate map. It's a lot easier finding where to go, but you could get to where you want to go on accident. And indeed, people have. People have been to Moksha that are not Jain. People have been to Moksha just by leading a good life. Did that answer your question, Shetu? It does. It does. And maybe not all the way to Moksh, but definitely closer closer to it, right? And, you know, kind of share with this group, I, you know, was walking around the neighborhood several months ago and bumped into some um, Mormon missionaries, right? And I started talking to them, and I uh, continued to talk to them every every couple of weeks, similar to a forum like this as well. And you know, a lot of the the things that they believe and the things that drive their behavior, uh, you know, a lot of those sounded very similar to kind of the, the table that you. Uh, that you just um, uh, walked us through. You know, they they call it different things, and um, you know, probably believe for different reasons. But um, yeah, no, I I what what you said the the question behind it was ex- exactly that. It's um, if you believe in. Uh, Jainism describes the truth or Mormonism describes the truth or Islam or any other religion or 
or you don't know, right? The truth is the truth, whether, um, I think, Parash, you were saying, whether you're behind the curtain or in front of it. Right. And so two things about that. First is that it is like physics. You don't have to believe in gravity for gravity to act on you. You don't have to believe or not believe in karma for karma to act on you. It's simply how the world works. And second, that's why we respect other religions, because they espouse the same actions that we do to attain liberation. And guess what? We've just stumbled upon Anekantvad, right? That is why we respect other religions. That is why we give a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for the very devout Christians that I come across. I have a lot of respect for the very devout Mormons that I come across because they might be practicing Jainism better than me because they are more devout in their belief and their actions reflect their higher belief than mine do. And guess what? They're more Jain than I am, no matter what they call themselves. Well, haven't we just stumbled upon Anikanthvad and the whole reason that we should believe in Anikanthvad? I think so. Hey, uh, real quick uh, on that Anikanthvad observation. Uh, yes, I mean, that is, as I've mentioned before, that is one of the most uh, attractive elements of Jainism for me. Uh, but how would you, I mean, I, it's just for the whole group, I mean, you know, different religions espouse different philosophies. Maybe the end goal is the same, you know, liberation. But if you, if, if a, a certain religion does not espouse Anikantwa, and we do, so we are accepting of that religion's philosophy. But if they don't, if that religion does not uh, make Anikantwa uh, even a, 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 a principle mentioned, then how do you view that situation, uh, uh, Tim, and for the whole group, actually? Well, if they do not espouse Anikantvad and they say something like, well, we should treat those people who are in the outgroup differently, perhaps with violence, perhaps with contempt, then they are suffering the consequences of that. That person, the, let's say, now let's talk about people rather than whole groups. If that person believes that, which is not true, okay, then they will suffer intensely by having bad karma, by looking down on people, by committing violence against people that they feel is justified when in reality it's not. Uh, that's how I view that situation. That is, if a religion expresses contempt for other religions and that leads to negative behaviors by the participants, well, they're going to suffer the consequences of those negative behaviors. Any other questions or comments about anything we talked about today?
Thank you so much for your time this week. I hope you have a great one.